Welcome Thrive Community Church. It's so good to see you again. I am glad to be able to chat with you online. In fact, talking about chatting online, throughout this message, I would love to see your comments. Go back and read these and, and you to be engaging. We have hosts, we have greeters, we have uh, prayer team leaders that are online. So chime in, get plugged in, stay connected. I'm going to ask you some questions throughout this and we would love to hear your feedback of maybe how you participate already in what we may be talking about we're going to be talking about because we are starting a new series called real real because we all need to be relevant we need to be engaging we need to be authentic and we need to give life so that's that's our context for these next four weeks except in the midst of that we're gonna have Mother's Day hey while I have a chance Happy Mother's Day in advance. We want to find you right here, meet up with you. We want to worship with you next weekend. I want you to celebrate with us, all mothers. Send this out in a watch party next weekend for all mothers that you have abroad in the country, outside of the country. We have a lot of internationals that are watching us right now because of our connections in Honduras. So we're glad you're with us as well. But even now, Maybe you can click, go in and click on a watch party, share this, invite people that are online on Facebook with you right now. Uh, and so get plugged in, get them engaged, and right now, let's get started. So here we are, we're talking today about being relevant, about being relevant. And it's very interesting that what we find throughout Scripture, is New Testament, is that most of the fishermen were, no, sorry, the disciples were actually fishermen. Most of the disciples were actually fishermen. And so there's something very interesting about that. And maybe you didn't know that most of them were fishermen. And I'm going to show you. Let me go ahead and show you here in Matthew 4, 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. Okay, there you go, there's two. Then, they, then he said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It's talking about Jesus said this. They immediately, make note of immediately, they immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John, his brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And immediately they left the boat and their father followed them. No, there it is again. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. They left everything behind. So they were casting nets, right? So you saw in there casting nets. This here is a cast net, casting net. And so what you would do is throw it out. It would make a circular form. And theirs would have been 15 feet wide. 15 feet wide. Mine's about 7 feet wide roughly. And so you cast it out in the shallow water, in the shallow water to catch bait fish. Then you would take those and use those to catch bigger fish. Now, we know this is how Jesus was able to talk to them because they were in the shallows. Now, I don't know if you've been to the Sea of Galilee. That's where they were. And I, I've been to the Sea of Galilee. Beautiful place. In fact, we're looking forward to taking a group in 2021. If you would like to be a part of that group, 
find us online, check it out, let us know. That's going to be about $4,500. It's going to be in June of 2021. That's our plan. We're not going to worry about COVID-19. That'll be a thing of the past. But if you've never seen the Sea of Galilee, it's also called Lake Tiberias. Maybe you're in your Bible, it's, you see it as Lake Tiberias. That is the Sea of Galilee. Beautiful place. Many things that Jesus did and, and even lived there for a while with Peter was right there on the Sea of Galilee. Well, Sea of Galilee was 64.4 square miles in his day and 141 feet deep. Now, when you go, you think, well, this is not as much of a sea as it is a lake, but 141 feet deep is a very deep lake. Now, it also says that James and John were mending their nets. These are a different type of net. Here's what, here's what you would have seen. They were mending their nets. Now, this is my, my net. This is a seine net. It's also called a seine net. These are drag nets. This is what they would take into deeper waters. Now, theirs, mine is only about four feet wide. Theirs would have been eight feet wide. Double this, but 328 feet long. 328 feet long. Now, let me give you some perspective on that. A football field is 100 yards. There's three feet to a yard. So that, their, their, their uh, casting, I'm sorry, dragnet would have been a full length of a football field plus an end zone. Only one end zone because an end zone is 10 yards deep. That's 30 feet. So 330 feet roughly. Theirs was 328 feet long. Eight feet wide. They would take that. It has weights on the bottom and floats on the top. They would take that into the deep waters, make a huge circle with their boats, and that's how they would begin to catch fish there. And so they would do that in the deep. They would use the casting net in the shallows. And so also in these verses, we have Peter, Andrew, James, and John. That, that's four fishermen. You saw them. Now, many theologians believe there were, that seven of them were fishermen. Remember in the beginning, I said that most were fishermen. Many theologians, and myself included, I believe that there are seven, seven of the disciples were fishermen. Because some believe Philip was also. Look at this in John 21, 2 and 3. It says, Simon Peter, that's one. Thomas, called the twin, that's two. Nathaniel of Cana, been to his house as well, pretty cool place, uh, in Galilee. The sons of Zebedee, now that's James and John. Remember, Zebedee was the father. So you have Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, James and John, and two others, six and seven of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I, I'm going fishing. Now this is after Jesus had gone into his resurrected body and they weren't seeing him any longer. He says, I'm going fishing. They said to him, well, we're going also. That sounds like a really good plan. They went out and third time immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Have you ever been in that place where you've just gone out in the boat, you're like, man, I, I am so dis dis discouraged, I'm sad, I'm, I'm tired, I'm, I'm just going fishing. And you go out there and you go fishing and you catch nothing. Well, that's, that's pretty discouraging even in itself, but I can tell you this, and maybe you've heard this, I, I, a, a bad day of fishing is better than any day at work, right? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with just being out on the lake and going fishing and having a good time. But Jesus shows up in this time. This is when Jesus shows back up in his resurrected body and he says, Hey, cast your nets on the other side. 
and they caught 153 fish. And we know that was in the shallows, and that's an even greater miracle because there's this 15-foot casting net, and they caught 153 fish. So we see that even as one of the miracles that Jesus had. So that we know that seven of them, seven of the twelve, must have been, of the disciples, must have been fishermen. And we also know that Jesus was also already and still leading them into doing miracles. So it must have looked like this. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit since the beginning of time were sitting around having a conversation. And here they were thinking, well, there's going to be a day, Jesus, where you have to go. We're going to send you down and you're going to, you're going to be down there with the people to help re restructure and restore them back to, back to us, back to the Father, so that we can, have, we can have complete unity again as it was originally designed in the garden. So, but they said, you know what, you're going to, in order to do this, in order to really change the world, I think it would be most effective if you had at least 12 disciples. I'm just guessing that's how the conversation went. There's something about 12 that, that, that God the Father loves, that, that the, the Holy Spirit loves, that the, the Son, Jesus the Son of God loves. And so uh, there must be something there because there was 12 tribes, there were 12 gates, 12 stones, 12 foundations, and then there's 12,000 12, of the 12 tribes that will be a remnant. That's the 144,000 that you see in Scripture but why would they design that over half of the disciples, seven of twelve, be fishermen? I think the reason for this is, and if we will pay close attention, I think there's distinctions we need to observe from fishing. Yes, I am encouraging you to get out and it's time to go fishing. In fact, if you don't know how to fish, you are in the right church. Because on our property, our church property, we have a nice little lake out there where you can even learn to go fishing. And we have some great fishermen and fisherwomen in this church. Let me show, show you a few pictures because I've been doing some fishing lately. And I've been, I've been uh, bringing in a good catch myself. So here it is. I've got a, a, a ring of crappie, a row of crappie right here. And, and you can notice the bucket because that, that just shows you how big these crappie are. That's a, that's a big row of crappie right there. And then, and then check out this brim bag. There's full of bluegill brim, and there's a couple of crappie in there as well. Actually, fr uh, last Friday, Ellie and I, uh, we ate those. Or actually, it was Saturday. And then check out this brim right here. Look at the spoon. That's a tablespoon. That's not a teaspoon. That's a tablespoon right there. So you know that's a big brim whenever you see, see them that size compared to a spoon. And then this bass I caught last year with fishing with a friend of mine from here. Uh, now I'm not going to show you with the side of it, but the mouth looks really big. And then I've got to show you this. I've got to fin finish with this one. Uh, check out Landon Compton. This is a beast. Bigger than he is. This is a monster that he caught this year. So, uh, hey, maybe you've caught some fish recently or in the past, and we would love to see those. Would you post those on Facebook and then tag Thrive Community Church? In fact, we might actually give a prize away to someone who ever caught the biggest fish, and it truly is a big fish, not one of those where you stretch out your arm close to the camera and you're leaning way back and it makes it look makes a one pounder look like a ten pounder. That's not what we're talking about. We're gonna we're gonna vote as a staff 
what we think the biggest and the best fish is, and we're going to send something out to you uh, privately. So get in on this. We, we want you to be engaged. In fact, and tell your friends. Tell your friends, hey, you've got to watch this episode, watch this message, and then get plugged into that. So uh, send, those, send those Facebook, Thrive Community Church. Tag us there, okay? But I'm going to teach you some practical things in this message series, but I'm also going to teach you a few deep things. Today, I'm going to make this so practical that when you leave your home, when you walk away from this, you're going to be able to reach people for God. You're going to be catching people for the kingdom of God. So the number one tip that you need is to bait your hook. Put bait on your hook. Nothing's going to happen until you begin to put bait on your hook. Bait is any story of God's goodness in your life. Maybe it's your salvation testimony. Maybe it's a time that God led you into freedom. Maybe there's some relational healing that took place in your life. Maybe, maybe there's been a complete restoration in your life, whether it's relationally or, or personally or emotionally. Maybe there's been physical healing. Some area of your body has been healed or someone close to you has been healed and maybe that has done something to you emotionally and spiritually. Connect. That, that, bait is simply the, some story of God's goodness that has taken place in your life or your loved one. Because Psalms 34 to 8 says this, Taste and see the Lord is good. He's good. Now the New Testament says, We have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of of the coming age. We have tasted the goodness of the, the, the Word of God and the powers of the coming age. Now, you may not have considered this, but a taste is real. So you have tasted something real, and that's the powers of the coming age. It's a real experience. R-E-A-L. Real experience. But if I... Let me put it in the context a different way. So... I don't have one. I wish I did. But if I, if I had a red velvet cake and I brought it and I, I put it in front of this camera, I leaned it in, you may think and take a good look at it and say, hmm, that's a good looking cake. That's pretty interesting. Uh, and maybe you might even think, well, red velvet's not even my favorite. I really don't eat it. Now, if I were to come into your house through this camera and through this TV screen and I cut this cake and I put it on a plate that I put my fork in it and then I start to feed you with it and you start to taste it and then you think, well, I, I didn't really like red velvet cake, but all of a sudden I've kind of got a, a little taste for some red velvet cake. You see, taste and see because it begins to change your perspective on what it is in front of you and what's really going on. God is saying, taste and see, you can experience me on this earth. People you encounter can taste and see that the Lord is good. They can taste and see, but, but it has, bait has a taste. But make sure you're not using stink bait. It's, now, stink bait is good for catching fish, but you don't want to get that stuff in your fingernails. You don't want to get it in your nose. You certainly don't want to taste it. You do something like that, you'll be going to bed wondering, you have your head on your pillow, you put your arms around your pillow, what is that smell? You can't get it. it. It takes days to get that stuff out of your fingernails. So nobody wants stink bait. Fish do, but people do not. Stink bait is like fake news to people. So don't use 
fake news, all right? In fact, I can prove to you that every person wants to take the bait. Every person wants to take the bait and to know God. If you had a guaranteed trophy catch, you would go fishing, I promise you. And I guarantee you that every person wants to taste and see that the Lord is good. God has put the desire in every person. Even atheists have a desire to know God. Times like COVID-19, or maybe it's times where their family or some loved ones, some people close to them are going through some kind of terminally ill situation. Now, here's their natural inclination. They automatically start getting mad at God or start wondering about God. Well, why would they do that? Because they know that God, there is a God out there they are just angry towards Him, and whether they will admit it or not, somewhere down inside of them, they believe that there is a God. Why? Because God has set it in the hearts of men. God put it there. It's innate. It's innate. It's like this. What is innate? Well, dogs bark. Cats are lazy. Sheep eat. Fish bite. It's innate in every human being to want to know God. So your story is a good story to lead people to taste the Lord and see that He is good. It's a myth to think that I have to have a bad story in order to have a good story. Your testimony is, uh, is never about how bad you were. Your testimony is always about how good God is. So I was saved when I was 27. Uh, I, I used to use and transport drugs for 10 years until God touched my life. He delivered me from it all. It was a miracle that took place. It was a, an impactful moment, life-changing. I know the moment. However, I'm also able to blend many dynamics of my testimony into my salvation time or other freedom moments because even after salvation, God was freeing me from situations from the past. Now, Allie, I think she got saved at 13. Now, she was delivered from a home that didn't know Jesus. Her testimony actually brought her entire family to Christ. That's her testimony. She's never done anything wrong in her life. Uh, so I, we, when we talk about experiences and life situations, we're different. And your, your story, your testimony is different. Why? Because God has designed you differently to reach people in a unique way that is only unique to you. So you can't depend on me to lead people to the Lord. You can't depend on your spouse to lead people to the Lord or the other members of the church or leaders. God has gifted you a specific, unique testimony because it all belongs to Him and it's all to use to lead other people back to Him. So your testimony is very important. But number two is you got to put your hook in the water. Now you got to bait it and then you Put it in the water. you got to learn to tell stories. Now, many, many people are good at telling fake news or stretched stories, and that's not what I'm talking about. First, got to learn to tell the truth, and then learn to tell your story according to the conversation that you are having with others. So the point is, someone is, is talking about a, a situation that's sensitive to them or that they're going through, and so what you want to do is you want to use the context of their conversation using your history or something that took place in your life, and then God showed you something new or He revealed something to you, and so you take that little tidbit, 
and you put it into God form. Here's what God did to me. Here's what I was going through as well, just like your story. And God did this, and here how, here's how life has been ever since then. Now, you don't want to go out of context. Someone's talking about a relationship issue that they're going through, and you don't want to start talking about your dog. Listen, they're... <laughs> That, that is completely out of context. They're, you're, they're going to wonder if you are even listening. And so stay in context with where their heart is already leading the conversation. But maybe you're talking with someone about a relationship struggle. You may be able to share a situation where you went through a relationship struggle in the past and then God has done something. Or maybe... You grew up in a home that was full of relationship struggles. Your parents never got along, or maybe siblings. And, and then later in life, you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you started seeing how God really, that wasn't, they weren't honoring God. And God has a different plan for relationships. He has a different plan for marriages. He has a different plan uh, all around. And so maybe you can share that with somebody. Or maybe God has helped you uh, out of addiction. Or fear. Maybe this is your season where God is doing a revelatory moment, a revelatory season to where He is delivering you from fear. And He's using, He's allowing COVID-19 to unearth some things that are in your heart to bring healing because He's going to do a magical work. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. It's a supernatural. The world calls it magical. And you can connect with the world because they're okay with that. But you start showing them the supernatural through your testimony, you'll shift their thinking. It'll be life-changing for them. Or, or maybe, maybe God's delivered you from insecurity. He's beginning to touch you right there in your places of insecurity and show you who you really are. Or maybe depression. God's working through some depression issues that you've been wrestling with. So you learn to tell different versions of your story and how God has touched you so others can taste and see that the Lord is good. Your story is the cake. It's the bait God chose to use. Now, your story is not an accident. God chose your story for you. And many of you have stories, but you're not putting the bait in the water. Maybe you can say, well, I, I just don't know how. We'll start by just getting comfortable sh just sharing your past a little bit. Just share a little bit about your past with others. You start to start to come into terms with what has gone on in your life and you start to have peace with it. It's part of James 5.16, putting that in practice. But you just start getting comfortable sharing little tidbits of your story, the past life, uh, little by little. And then share how God has done something different since then, here's how it was, here's some things that I learned about God, and here's how things have been different for me, and here's how it, maybe here's how it's affected other, other areas of my life. Now, I listen to you guys. I know you know how to talk and tell some stories. I've been in our atrium, I've been in the building, I've been around you, we've, we've had a lot of events, and I've listened to you talk. Some of you have this uh, gift of gab, and you probably need to tell fewer stories. You just need to give some other people some room to talk. So uh, learn to tell stories. Learn to not to give fake news. Don't add, don't add to your story to make, it, make you fit in with the context of someone else's story. Don't lie. Use exactly what God has done in your life. But then number three is fish where the fish are. Fish where the fish are. Uh, you, can, you can't catch fish in a swimming pool. Fishermen now learn how to fish where the fish are. They learn where the fish are uh, most likely through practice and through, through watching others. 
You just kind of have to throw it out there. You got to see where are the fish, what's biting, what, what are they biting on? And so that means I've got to have some conversations with people. I got to get a little bit relevant in the situations. I've got to get relational in situations. I've got to con connect. I'm going to watch others. I might need to watch somebody else. Maybe I just need to be, be quiet and listen a little bit and say, okay, I notice when this person is, is talking about the Lord, they do this, this, and this. Just, just start to watch it. That's how fishermen do. You see a fisherman out there just reeling them in, uh, whether it's in the lake or the bay or the river. Other fishermen, I guarantee you, are watching that fisherman and they're going to ease over there and say, hey, what, you, what are you fishing with? What kind of bait are you using? That's exactly how you start to connect with people and reach them for the Lord. Now, it's not your responsibility for reeling the fish to Jesus. That's actually the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit wants to work through you using your testimony, but it's the Holy Spirit's job to reel them in to Jesus. You're, right, you're, you're responsible for the bait that God has given you, for putting it in the water, putting it on the hook, and learning to go where fish are. Just tell a real story. Don't use fake news. Don't use a fake story. And in our verses, you saw this word. Remember, I told you to, 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 to point, I pointed it out to you, that word immediately. Immediately. And I believe with good reason, God guided man, man to use these words. Use this specific word immediately as he was guiding Man, by way of the Holy Spirit. And I truly believe there is an urgency in our time. There is an urgency that we need to have to leading people to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, in the last month, we've had ten salvations in this church. Eight of them online. One of them was a, is a fisherman, a great fisherman, who comes to our church. And one, Allie and I had the opportunity to lead to the Lord in our own home. We were calling many people and reaching out. We've been checking on you, seeing how you're doing. And one individual said, Allie, I would really like to know more about my salvation, my relationship with Jesus, and I want to know that I truly am saved. And so we invited her over to our house, had dinner with her, made dinner for her, and I was noticing as we were talking, she just started eating faster and faster and faster, asking questions about the Bible, asking questions about God. She had grown up in a Jehovah Witness and, and other types of Pentecostal churches. And so there was a lot of misconception and confusion. And so we just started talking about God and the Trinity with her. And she was just eating. She, she knew, like, I'm just trying to get this meal out of the way because I'm ready to give my life to the Lord. And so we did. We got the food out of the way, walked her through uh, believing, confessing, from, to repenting, and then what it means to obey the Word of God. And so she, she said, can I get my Bible and, and my, my uh, devotional and, and, and come back in? Absolutely. So for the next hour, we just talked with her about different areas of the Bible where she can start, what certain things mean, and we just started the process that's called discipleship. Now, who did it? We used our, we used our relationship. We were relevant. We talked about our testimonies together with her. She shared her testimony. And then we let the Holy Spirit do the rest of the work. The Holy Spirit had her eating fast so that she could come to know Jesus, and God used us to lead her to Him 
But the Holy Spirit was always doing the work, and the Holy Spirit is always doing the work right in front of you. But He is asking you to engage, be relevant, use His story. We talked about making history with God the last month. His story is your testimony, and your testimony is His story. And so it starts with settling the fact that God has changed your life. And so if you struggle with some things that are His testimony, if you struggle with sharing those, maybe you need to settle the fact that God truly has done a work in your life. And if you're not quite sure, maybe you're like that girl, and maybe someone around you, or even myself, some loved one, Maybe it's time for them to truly lead you to the Lord or maybe right where you're at, you want to confess and believe, repent and choose to obey, giving up the throne of your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe it's time for you to say, you know what, I'm not sure if I've been saved, but I truly want to give my life to the Lord right now. From there, you just begin to share your story. Share the you before, the progress in, in any area of your life, that is relevant to the context of conversation and then how it's been ever since. It just starts there. To ask, ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything that I'm struggling with in my own life that you want to use as a testimony to bring glory to your name? And right there is a perfect place to get quiet and listen to the Lord. But you've got to settle these things in your heart first so that you'll be confident and comfortable even with a little bit of uh, nervous anxiety, but when the Holy Spirit is on that, it creates a new level of boldness in your life that like you've never experienced, and that's called faith. That is your first initial experience with faith where you, you walk to the threshold of all you can do and all, all you're, you're comfortable doing, and then beyond that threshold is when you step into this level of grace that you've never experienced before, and you will see the Holy Spirit move before you. So I have a question for you. This is for you to ask. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And maybe it's this. Maybe it's time for you to start sharing your story. Maybe it's time for you to start looking and being relevant in conversations, even as Governor Abbott starts to open up our state and things begin to shift a little bit from the, how it's been for the last month. You're able to go to restaurants now. Slowly we'll be able to come back to church soon. You're able to go to different stores, retail, looking for worry and concern and anxiety on people's hearts and beginning to share what you've been going through, what God has done, and what life is like since you have a new revelation. But it's time to get relevant. And maybe it's time for you to just start being bold and sharing those things. But maybe it's time for you to get saved, and it's time for you to give up control of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for grace. I want to pray for confidence. I want to pray for boldness because we are in this Pentecost season, the 50 days leading up to Pentecost. And scripturally, spiritually, this is a harvest season. 
And I believe God is wanting to use this message right here to use practical truths to provide to you, to put in your spiritual tool belt. So now from here, you can start introducing people to Jesus so that we together can grow the kingdom of God. So Father, I pray for grace, abundant grace upon every watcher, every listener that's listening through any form of technology. I pray for a courage that strengthens them. It gives them a peace that surpasses understanding. I pray that they lean into the anxieties of life, the fears, the, the intrepidations that they're having when it comes to being relevant in conversation and context to the hurting and the wounded. Lord, I pray that you continue to bold, embolden them. Lord, that you show up in a mighty way and a spiritual force moves before them and they get to taste and see and they get to deliver to others so that they may taste and see that the Lord is good. May we accept even right now that the Lord is good and begin to deliver the story, your story, Father, the testimony that you have uniquely blessed each one of us into the lives of others so that they can see the goodness of God into the land of the living. So, Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, and we thank you for watching us today and being with us and listening here. Again, you have any questions, get on the comments. We'd love to hear anything that you have. Maybe you have some ideas on leading people to Jesus. Well, people watching would love to see that. They'd love to read that. And send us any messages that you have because we would love to share those ideas, those testimonies, and those topics. Don't forget your fishing picture, and tag Thrive Community Church on Facebook and check in. Love you guys. Talk to you later.